What's going on, guys? You are listening to episode 45 of Hurdle, a podcast that talks to everyone from entrepreneurs to top CEOs and athletes about how they got through tough times, hurdles of sorts, by leaning into wellness. My name's Emily Abadi, and your girl is fresh off the plane from Barcelona. Man, I just love coming home. Today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Luke Milton. You might recognize him from Revenge Body with Khloe Kardashian. He's a celebrity trainer and founder of Training Mate, a high-intensity interval training studio based in Los Angeles. Before we get to it, quick shout out to my sponsor, Athletic Greens. Let me tell you, I've said it before, I'll say it again, when I'm packing my bags for all these outrageous adventures, the first thing I make sure not to forget, set aside every single time, Athletic Greens. And that's because I know that with all of the fun things I'm going to be eating and drinking while I'm on the road, it's great to start my day with the greens powder and take a step in the right direction. They're offering Hurdle listeners a special deal. It's 20 travel packs, a $99 value for free, absolutely free with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to claim it. No code necessary. Again, head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to claim it. Now let's chat about Luke. He is awesome. That's like the biggest understatement of the day. The second you meet him, he's the most bubbly, friendly person. And of course, that's pretty typical because he's Australian. It's no wonder why he attracts great celebrity clients, including Chloe, as well as Elle McPherson, Rachel McAdams, and Terry Hatcher. In today's episode, the former professional rugby player tells me about how his life changed forever late one night in 2011 when he was involved in a hit and run car accident, landing him in the hospital and temporarily making him unable to walk. The frightening hurdle moment made him reevaluate his life and his goals and soon after, he proposed to his wife and the couple relocated to the United States where he would open his first studio. Luke talks to me all about setting a solid foundation for better health and the things that you should do if you're just looking to be 1% better every day. And he also shares his biggest regret in launching his company. This is really interesting, great stuff. We recorded this episode when I was back in Los Angeles and uh, trust me, getting back home to New York right now with the snow that's happening outside, wouldn't mind to be back there right now. <laughs> As always, hit me up Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Hurdle Podcast. I love it when you guys share your thoughts, your feelings, your favorite takeaways from the pod. So please, if you do that over on Instagram, I'll make sure to repost them from the Hurdle account. Also, if you have a Hurdle moment to share, you just want to say hi, whatever the case may be, feel free to come at me. It's emily at hurdle.us. I absolutely love hearing from all of you. On that note, when you're done listening today, head on over to the iTunes store and pretty please leave Hurdle a quick review. Highlighting one today from M. Sofer. They write, I'm so glad I came across this inspirational and optimistic podcast. We could all use some inspiring words and every podcast leaves you wanting to better yourself and reminds you that anyone can accomplish their dreams no matter where you are in life. Thanks for tuning in. I think that's it. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting here with Luke Milton. He's the founder of Training Mate. I'm excited because you're Australian. (laughs) 
And of course, what always cracks me up is I feel like any Australian I meet, whether it's in LA or in New York, you all know each other. <laughs> so you know Dan, yeah. Dan Churchill, who has been on Hurdle. He's a friend of mine. It's like you walk around New York and it feels like a small city despite there being so many people there. The United States is a small place for Australians. There's not many of us, Sam, so we've got to stick together. It's It was funny when someone actually mentioned that Manhattan on a packed day, when it's at full utilisation, actually has a bigger population than the entire of Australia. So, yeah, the entire population of Australia. So Manhattan on a busy day, you just beat the population of Australia. That's why we all stick together. That's why we all know each other. There's not <laughs> many of us. It's not a bad thing. Okay, so founder of Training Me, tell me off the get-go, what is Training Mate. So Training Mate is a hit fitness studio. So basically high intensity interval training, but with Training Mate, we really put a fun spin on it. We really believe in the sense of community and really believe in the sense of family. And what's in our name or half our name, mate, we believe in mateship. So I really wanted to create a place where people felt like they belonged, but didn't have the same intimidating factors that's so synonymous with the group fitness industry. Mm -hmm. So Training Mate is a fitness studio, but more than that, it's a place where everyone can feel welcomed and feel like they belong. I think that can be a really big barrier to fitness for a lot of people is that you feel super alone if you're just trying to get into it yourself. And the good thing about fitness in general is that you don't need a lot to get started. Yeah, exactly. But to stick with it, sometimes it's definitely easier to do it with a friend. Oh, you nailed it, right? So the whole point is not letting a mate down. Just human nature will let ourselves down before we let our mate down. So training mates providing those mates and through the building of communities, we really make sure that everyone has plenty of mates that they want to go there and look forward to seeing. It's not just about the workout. I've always said that, you know, the workout's one part of it. You've got the physical health, but you need the social health and the mental health as well. Right. I think Training Mate really addresses all three characteristics. So when somebody comes into one of your three studios here yeah. in Los Angeles, what's the format? So the format, basically, usually there's nine exercises split up into three different circuits. Right. So we do three exercises in one circuit, three exercises in another circuit, three exercises in one after that. We all come together for communal ab and core work at the end, which is a really good way to bring people together. They're usually teamed up with up to three to four other people in their little group, Mm -hmm. 36 to 40 people in a class, and we just have fun. You're going to hear some of the worst jokes you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) And just taking that intimidation again out of the fitness industry because I was a professional athlete. I still walk into some of these studios and I'm blown away with how intimidated I feel. Like, am I going to be able to live up to this workout? What am I going to look like compared to other people? Is this instructor crazy? You know, there are so many factors that go into whether or not you will participate in a group fitness class. They they can be intimidating places. So yeah, we took that out. You're also the second person I've ever sat down with that's worked with Khloe Kardashian. I've yeah. had Gunnar on the show. Oh, Gunnar's a legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gunnar's yeah. a legend. He is. <laughs> He's a legend. I know. Yeah. I was I was speaking with him last week. He's Good. wonderful. And I feel like it's always interesting when you sit down. I love to like demystify the idea behind a quote unquote celebrity trainer. Yeah. Because people sometimes have this perception that you do things differently than a standard athletic trainer. But if yeah. anything, I feel like the things that you happen to do with these A-listers are amplified. So it's a thousand times more attention to detail, so much more like being on your game, making sure that if things are going out into the world and millions of people are seeing it, like let's talk about form, let's talk about process, let's talk about just like doing it right and doing it well. Yeah, sure. And I think the big thing is too, and I'm glad you brought that up because 
so many times people get confused about celebrity trainers and celebrities. Uh, you know, I have celebrity clients yeah. <laughs> who require just as much attention as everyday people do. I think that what happens is we, exactly what you said, we really blow it up because usually a celebrity trainer or a celebrity client, sorry, needs to be in specific shape for a specific role, for a specific time, right. whether it be hypertrophy program, whether it be breaking something down, whether it be, you know, a lot of the time it's a real transformation if you're getting someone ready for a specific job right? other than just a general everyday health. I mean, Gunner's the best in the business, you know, yeah. you know, and that's what I'm so lucky to work with Chloe, as you mentioned, on the show Revenge Body because you get access to people like Gunner and Harley who I've always looked at as sort of mystical sort of yeah. beings have always been the the high profile guys of the industry and yeah. uh, and just the appreciation i've got to be have access to to them and their knowledge and and gunner but both those guys gunner and harley they've both been so open with their uh, information knowledge and experience because this industry to tack onto someone's brain who's been there, done it, seen it a million times is invaluable as far as right. you know, progressing as a trainer and evolving as a trainer. Totally, totally. I actually, I've connected with Harley like two yeah. handfuls of times okay. now. We actually both traveled to Hong Kong okay. with Reebok at the end of last year. Yeah. And he put me through like a quick workout yeah. in, the, in the hotel gym. Yeah. And I feel like we did three moves the entire time and I was just dead from yeah. three moves. Yeah, 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 yeah. From yeah. three moves. Um, okay, <laughs> so let's talk talk a little bit about your background then yeah. because obviously uh you have a background in in training and yep. physical fitness you played rugby growing yeah. up yeah. and you grew up in Australia that's right so I can't hide this accent but basically yeah a little bit about my past grew up in the suburbs of Sydney working class family dad was a cop mum's a dental nurse and basically just had a pretty normal upbringing the Australian lifestyle we're very lucky to experience childhoods in Australia uh, grew up on the beach playing sports and really just being naturally active playing outside whether it be rugby whether it be cricket whether it be just running around surfing running whatever it may be uh, which evolved into a career in professional sports I was really lucky that I turned professional at the age of 18, the sport of rugby, played for the Sydney Roosters and luckily went on to play for Australia. And I'm really, really grateful for that experience. Yeah. It exposed me to some of the best trainers in the world, some of the best nutritionists in the world, some of the best training forms and basic concepts in the world. So I feel very fortunate to do that. When I got into my mid-20s, I started getting sick of waking up in hospital and <laughs> dislocating joints and having concussions and splitting all sorts of parts of my body. So basically, I developed a natural just addiction to the nutrition and the fitness side of things, mm -hmm. even more so than the game. So basically, where that led me into was just this, this real thirst for knowledge as far as the fitness community was concerned. In Australia at the time, fitness was a lifestyle. It wasn't, there was no, there were no big players in the industry. Yeah. It was a couple of personal trainers around, obviously. So as I evolved out of rugby, out of professional sports, I started what then was Training Mate. And yeah. it basically worked out really quickly in 2009, that was worked out really quickly that there was a real need to bring people together. So yeah. I worked with people from JP Morgan, from Saatchi and Saatchi, Credit Suisse, a bunch of these big companies who they weren't used to coming together. So my philosophy in bringing people together and being that mate brought the CEO to a first year intern together yeah. in the one group 
butt slapping each other for you know <laughs> getting people really going and, and, and really working through that energy high energy taking that intimidation factor out of it again but bringing people together to work hard and get results they call that in in new york city and i mean outside of new york city sweat working yeah right there you go there's there's a whole new industry now and i think soul cycle developed that right there's no more cocktails after work it's yeah. like go go and uh, go and have a group class which is great but from there, I just became addicted to learning more about nutrition. And, and I think that I always thought there was a way to casualize science. Yeah. And the more I learned about nutrition and I did my nutrition studies and then the more I learned about the body and not just performing as a professional athlete, but helping other people get the best out of their day because maybe they don't want to commit eight, 10 hours a day to their physical, you know, physical right. endeavors. It was more about developing a program that addressed physical health, absolutely, social health and mental health. And I've always been big on that since 08, 09. Mm-hmm. And we still are. Training Mate still bases everything off those foundational points. So you started this in Australia. This is 2009. Yep. It's starting to form into the Training Mate that we know today. You said that when it began, it was a lot of more personal training. Exactly. So basically in 2009, it started off as personal training, which was fantastic. Then it just accidentally evolved into group training, whereby a couple of my clients were like, hey, I've got to bring a couple of buddies. They can't afford your rate. Can we work out something where three or four of us train together? And effectively, that's how I evolved training, mate. So I would set up these programs for three people, one person in each group. And then we would run through three exercises three times. And that's effectively how training mate evolved. Then the groups got bigger and the groups got bigger. And before I knew it, there was 30 and 40 people right. in a park in Sydney overlooking the harbour. And I just knew that we had something from there. So yeah. I knew that my philosophy and my method worked obviously physically, but I think that that should be, that should be an expectation now. You know, there's yeah. a lot of really good products around. So I think that it's a given that the physical attributes should work of a program. There's a lot of great trainers around. There's a lot of great studios around. But what I really wanted to identify and pay close attention to is that people were getting way more out of a training mate session than just the physical benefits. Because right. that's so we should. Right. You know, we're paying, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks for a class with 20, 30 other people. So you should get physical attributes. And so you should improve your physical conditioning where I wanted to specialize was getting people to be just as socially healthy who may not have been before and a huge one just as mentally healthy mm-hmm. because I think that that's something we've neglected in the industry as we've evolved so so fast and that really needed a bit of attention. So once I worked out that I was actually good at getting that, then we decided to bring it, uh, bring it out to the masses and bring it over to LA and here we are. Well, you don't just show up in LA and open three studios overnight. I am privy to the information that you had a little bit of a hurdle moment that kind of made you realize how much you cared about your craft. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's you know no secret that I was involved in a pretty bad accident where I was actually pronounced dead for a little second. I think they got that wrong, thank goodness. But I got. I was involved in a hit and run car accident. So effectively, it was early hours of the morning. Uh, I was actually doing a bit of work for my dad. When at is the time. this? This is 2011. nine. Yeah, two thousand eleven. Okay. Eight, eight years ago now. I got hit. That this they estimated about about seventy kilometers an hour. So that's going to test my math. Around about 40, 40, 40 45 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Got hit. I was found 
40 meters away 40 40 feet away sorry from from my vehicle face down on the road huge laceration of my head sort of basically split me from the front of my head to the back of my head uh and i was unconscious for a long 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 time unfortunately so i remember unfortunately my dad found me woke up in a pool of blood and couldn't feel my legs so anyway we sort of fast forward through that a couple of a couple of minutes and the ambulance comes stabilizes me um really funny how quickly you go back to your first aid training and emergency responses i was just like dad you got to stop this bleeding right now like I, I could feel the tingles coming like really deep couldn't feel my legs as i said and just had to stop that stop that bleeding there was so much blood coming out of my face my head and a couple other little parts of the body and anyway i got to hospital and they did the x-ray and found a couple of fractures up in my cervical spine so really high up which is obviously pretty dangerous they were curvature fractures so luckily the vertebrae itself didn't collapse or didn't have any sort of spinal cord damage but one of those things where you just thank your lucky stars and how much you just take your life take your body take your health for granted and i don't want to harp on about the negative but it's like i realized in that moment that everything could have been over for me I would never have experienced what we would consider the simple joys of being married, of starting a business. I always wanted to be entrepreneurial and go out and endeavor that traveling more. And it's so funny how all of my goals, objectives, or probably at the time, just dreams became a reality overnight. And I think that that was really evident to me that, you've just got to start. you just got to go and do it. It's never going to be the right time to propose. It's never going to be the right time to whatever, start a business, move, take a risk, but you just have to do it. And I think that like a life-changing moment, like the accident for me was that hurdle moment, as you said, but was that, that was that real sort of bam moment for me where I just went and did everything that I'd sort of had in my head. I literally ordered a ring as soon as I could walk again, <laughs> ordered a <laughs> ring, um, proposed to my wife. And some of the most powerful words I ever heard from the surgeon was he literally touched me. He goes, I have no idea how you're sitting in front of me. He said, he, he said to me, make no mistake. If you weren't as physically fit as you are, we're not having this conversation. And your parents are a lot more upset right now than they are. You know, it's a miracle you're here to not take your health for granted. The fact that you were in such good shape is why you're alive. And to me, I mean, it just became way more than looking good, aesthetics, egos. It was way more than that to me because it literally saved my life and I didn't even know that I was preparing for that moment. Right. You know what I mean? Like I had no idea that that moment was going to come, yeah. but it did. Thank goodness I was. I took care of myself physically yeah. so that I could recover. Now, a little bit of kink in my neck every now and then other than that i'm good as gold <laughs> well, i was gonna ask you so what was the recovery like from that tough because i went from being a professional athlete who effectively you just get things right it's just like if i wanted to play golf i'd go and play golf i might not be a professional golfer but you can just pick it up you know if i want to go for a run i'd go for a run i took those things for granted because for the next couple of weeks I couldn't walk. I got the feeling back in my legs really quick, by the way. So I just want to make sure that that's <laughs> noted really quick. It was a bit of an impingement. But I remember about a week after it, 
I can't stand being in hospital. So oh, I, I, don't know many, I don't know many people that are like, I, yes. Yeah, I know, right? Can't Perfect. let you go. But Love I got released. Food. Yeah, I know. That, yeah, that's the best part of it. But I got, <laughs> I got released. Um, so I went back to the house and had a nurse come over and check on me. Anyway, there was one day the simple task of I went down to pay a bill at the bank. Now, where we're living at the time, Rushcutters Bay in Sydney or an apartment building. So I get in the lift. I go downstairs. I got the bravery to sort of, you know, go for a bit of a walk. Now, this would have been 300 feet to the bank. I literally went to walk out the lift and felt my legs start to go, grabbed the reception desk where our bell guy was. I'm like, I'm done. So turned around, got back in the lift and went and laid on the lounge. And it was, it was depressing. It was depressing to not be able to move my body because my mind knew my body could move. And I knew all these things that only days or a couple of weeks beforehand, that wasn't even, you know, wasn't even almost a challenge to get up. And I just took it for granted. So that to me was the biggest, the biggest tick of like, just don't take it for granted anymore. And almost 10 years later, I still really appreciate being able to go for a run, being able to go for a swim, do a training mate class, get out and about. I think about that all the time, though, this idea that we're so lucky to be able to have the opportunity to move our bodies, to run. And it is really frustrating for someone like you and I who do it every day. It's part of our, like, almost a spiritual practice. Not everyone is going to be super into fitness. That's okay. But- I just sometimes so badly wish I could instill that feeling that I get when I'm running and yeah. it's early and people are like, how do you do it? And in my mind, I'm like, how could I not? How do you not? And I mean, you've just summed that up so, so great, right? I mean, it almost becomes, yeah, how can I not do this? I think for me, I really just want people to, to understand that you don't need a six pack, you don't need an eight pack, you don't need to have... 6% body fat. You don't need to follow a specific diet or anything like that. You've just got to do the general things right. You need to move your body. You need to eat well most of the time. Now, this doesn't have to be a jail sentence. And I think that that's been the, that's been the in my opinion, issue with the industry. There's been no gray areas. It's black or it's white. You're healthy, you're unhealthy. I don't agree with that. I think that there are improvements to make, but I think that if we make them too quick and too forcefully, then... It's human nature to just not want to do that, to sort of like disobey it. And right. I think that what I specialized at in a trainer and still do is finding what you're good at. Now, I don't think many, I think a lot of trainers, there's an, an, an ego is involved in the physical health space, right? Because aesthetically, usually people are going to look a little bit better than others because it's your job. So you should. Yeah. My problem with that is that that doesn't counterbalance any psychotherapy, it doesn't count and balance what skills are associated with other attributes of life. So I've worked with a lot of bankers that can do a formula in a heartbeat that I wouldn't even know how to start. Journalists that can write the most awe-inspiring report, review, interview, and just get information out of people mm-hmm. like yourself that I wouldn't know where to start. So I think acknowledging that everyone's got a greatness somewhere, yeah. tapping into that greatness, and then bringing that into their training or into their lifestyle or whatever that may be. 
I think that there's way too much negative association with the fitness industry. It's all about breaking down, mm-hmm. whereas I think that we can build up. Right. And that's why I've got so much respect for people like Gunnar because he's that guy. He's he's a positive guy, jokes, laughs, you know what I mean, doesn't take himself too seriously. And we need more of that in the industry because I think that by hitting people with a stick, it doesn't encourage them to keep that consistency and we all know that consistency is what builds results not a two-week program four-week program six-week program it's a lifestyle that we need to live and that does allow for a cupcake or a beer or yeah. a pizza or, and you shouldn't uh, feel or bad a ricotta about a ricotta at Chaconis last night yeah. oh my god and enjoy it you yeah. know what's the point in having it if every article that we read tells us how bad of a person you are for enjoying something outside of our right. normal you know like normal life or, or outside of our keto diet or paleo this or it's just there are too many labels on things now we've got to get back to living a healthy lifestyle and to live a healthy lifestyle You've got to have physical health, social health, and mental health. Not one more than the other. They've all got to be addressed equally. Yeah, and I also think it's about celebrating the small wins. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you do go out and you do get the ricotta, and instead of ordering two pizzas with your friends, you order one pizza yeah. and a salad. Yeah. You know, like, it's just it's just finding balance in a way that totally. feels authentic to who you are. And, I mean, another example, I'm sure you have people that come in that can nail out push-ups all day. Yeah, and then I'm course. sure you have people that come in that are working on a more modified push-up, but then maybe after three weeks, they're two regular push-ups in. Yeah. And it's just small victories like that. 100%. And success is relative. The person that can do infinite push-ups may want to do that and may be driven to do that. The person that can do two, it's all the same success. You know, one's not better than the other because they can do more push-ups or more squats or more whatever. And I think that goes back to my point is find what someone's good at, infiltrate that into their training program. So just touching on those almost psychotherapy sort of points is really getting that out and getting the best out of people and making them feel good about themselves instead of making them feel like they're not good enough to be in a room or not good enough to be in your presence because someone can run a bit faster or, hey, guess what? We're all going to get to that point where we can't run as fast as we used to, right? So it's a matter of building a lifestyle and not a program. Also about the things that you enjoy, like find the things that you're good at for sure, but you could be a great runner, Mm -hmm. but not like running, which is fine. Yeah. But say you're a great runner, but you actually love doing, God knows, dance cardio with yeah. your friends. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. do some effing dance cardio, man. I am I am with you. And I say this to everyone. Luke, I you know, know you like not- a dance. <laughs> I do. I dance like a newborn giraffe. But anyway, it's, it's good. But it's like, it's a 100%. Just move your body. It's really not that hard, you know? Like, I would love everyone to come to training, mate. If you don't like training, mate, go for a walk on the beach. Go for a hike. If you want to get outdoors, go run through a trail through the middle of Oregon or whatever. If you don't have access to that, do a couple of push-ups in front of your TV at home. Sit up and down or stand up and down off your couch. Jump, do a couple of dips on your dining room table chairs. Your body is the best gym you'll ever have. You don't need a multi-million dollar fit out to walk around that. You are walking around with the best gym you could ever have, and it's your body. You can do whatever you want. Drop and do a couple of squats in the middle of the street. May not work for friends, but you're going to be good. Your body doesn't realize or doesn't know if you're on a $20,000 treadmill or whether you're running up and down the streets of of wherever you're at. You know, you don't need all those things that, that media wants to make you think or marketing campaigns want to make you think. Go and move your body. Eat 
a healthy lifestyle that has majoritively had a life of its own, whether it grew out of the ground, swam around an ocean, whatever it may be, get all of those nutrients in your body. It's really simple. Marketing campaigns want to confuse you. Science does not. It's really, really simple. You know, it's not hard to live a healthy lifestyle. And I think that if I ever have one thing that I really want people to know, it's that. The minute you work it all out, you're fine. It's common sense. Move your body, eat well, you're good. Taking a quick break from today's episode to give my sponsor, Athletic Greens, a little bit of love. Next to writing down three things that I'm grateful for and align in my one line a day journal, drinking Athletic Greens is something that I never leave the house without doing. And that's because not only does it have those 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, but it's also got prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, superfoods. It's got everything I need to feel like a better me. Trust me, if you haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet, you've got to try this stuff. The good news is that they are offering Hurdle listeners a special deal. It's 28 travel packs, a $99 value with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to claim it. No code necessary. Again, that's 20 free travel packs with your first purchase. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Let's get back to it. You grab a ring, mm. you propose to your girlfriend, who's now your wife, Yeah, and the two of you have a little conversation about coming to the United States. Yeah. So basically, my wife's from New York, uh, born in the city, grew up in Buffalo, went back to the city. So basically, she came out lucky in love. I retired, moved to New York, chasing love, and found it. And then she moved back to Australia. So she was in, in Sydney with me, not back to, she moved to Australia. Uh, she was in Sydney with me for three and a half years. Basically got to the point where she she missed America. She wanted to get back. She wanted to see a friend. She just missed, she just missed America in general. So she's like, babe, you know, we, we, were, we were married by this stage. We are engaged and married by this stage. And she was just like, I want to, um, I want to move. I want to, I want to go back. I'm like, let's do it. Let's just make this work somehow. So with five suitcases and not much else, yeah. <laughs> not much more, we we made the move. So how move. long after your accident is so this? About a year and a half after So the accident happened. Then we got engaged in Hawaii and then we made the decision. That's when we made the decision to, to sort of go. So then we, we basically prepared for that over the next six to eight months, got married in DC uh, in Georgetown. That's where she went to college. And then... Went back to Australia, packed our five suitcases, and moved to LA. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and we turned up to LA with literally nowhere to live, no no idea of where we were going to be, and we had friends in town at the time. We always thought we were going to live by the beach because just being Australian. Friends at the time lived in West Hollywood or up, up in the hills, and they were like, no, you have to be around this area. Like, come and stay with us for a week. And then we literally stayed with them and – drove around and found an, apart- an apartment on King's Road in between Santa Monica and Fallon. And then we just lived in the middle of it. By the end of that year, I'd found the building, which we still have, West Hollywood Training Mate, and we opened Training Mate. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Talk about the learning curve on opening a business here and being you know, new to the United States, yeah. new to California, a whole new area where you and your wife are trying to grow some roots. <laughs> Look, absolutely. I think that I'm still learning every day. Uh, I think the biggest lesson I learned was to just do it. 
and that no one had some miracle pill. No one breathed different oxygen to me. Everyone's bones are made of the same thing, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like I always, my biggest problem, I went from professional sports where I knew what I was doing. I knew what line I had to run. I knew who I had to tackle. I, knew, I just knew it. I really knew my stuff. Whereas in business, I was like, oh, this is uncharted territory. Like I'm going to go on, you know, lease a building in the middle of California, you know, a, a country that I you know, don't really know that well and yeah. a society that I don't know well. And opening taught me that so many things we can't do is literally just a thought. You yeah. can do anything. Bill Gates doesn't have some special pill that he takes at night to make him smarter than everyone else. He had a passion for Microsoft and he grew an enormous company. Warren Buffett does not have some information that none of us can't get all these people are human beings and i think once i learned that in business as well as sport that's when i just really set my sights on really creating something that i'm really proud of and that is the anxiety a little bit but there's yeah. still those days and still go through it now where you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh is this gonna work what's happening but we just built the community of west hollywood and then studio city and now santa monica and it's Great. Was it a slow start or did it catch it, fire pretty quick? It was a slow start because I didn't understand marketing. I didn't understand. We, at the time, you just open your doors. There wasn't these fitness platforms that there are now where there's so many bloggers coming in every day or social influencers, in quotation marks, and really making sure that we got the product right. And still to this day, I've been very disciplined in our growth and making sure that the product of training, mate, is always the number one thing. We didn't go and build out 20,000 training mates when I could have. I, I want to make sure that the the product is exactly what I promise it to be. Right. And that's, you know, a fun family as well. And, yeah, so when I opened, it was just we opened the door and just hoped people would came in, come in. <laughs> and it was friends and family at the start. And then we started to build up, like, one of the morning classes and about three or four months into it. Once the word started spreading a little bit, then we started to get some real traction. And at the start, I taught every class. I'd, I'd work the front desk and do the training and work the front desk and do the training. And then just from there, really just grew it out really organically. To this day, we still haven't spent a cent on marketing. It's wow. all organic growth. It's all word of mouth. And people challenge me on that all the time. But it's like it, training, mate, is a very authentic and organic business and company now. So, yeah, totally. I'm really proud of it. What would you say was one of the biggest challenges right when you started? started? And when did you and when did you know after opening that West Hollywood studio that you were ready to expand beyond that? Because you mm. must have been doing quite well to have the thought that, yeah, we're ready yeah. to get bigger. Yeah. The biggest challenge is always getting people to believe in the company as much as the founder does. Yeah. And that's always and still to this day is always gonna be it. We have some great people. I, I Hand on my heart, the staff at Training Mate are family. We all are. We all dig in it. And that's not to say I haven't had a couple of people that have done the wrong thing along the way. Yeah. I think the biggest challenge was working out that not everyone has your best interests at heart. I had you know, a guy I considered a very close friend steal and you know do a whole lot of things, which was really, really disappointing. But I also chose to go down a brighter path and I believe in, you know, whatever position he was in in life where he had to do that, then I feel horrible for him and I actually have some empathy um, and some sympathy for him. But that was the biggest challenge was 
understanding that there's a lot of work goes into training, grooming, and allowing people to take on your baby because it really is. It's, it's something that's been in my mind forever, planning and working and sleepless nights and early yeah. mornings and late nights. The biggest challenge for me was giving over a little bit of control where someone could teach a class that I was teaching or do the front desk that I was doing. You know what I mean? And yeah. really like allowing people in. That, yeah. that would that would be and, I, and I, to be honest that would still be my biggest challenge yeah it's yeah. scary I mean is. this is like such a different thing but for me I edit the podcast mm-hmm. myself I produce the podcast myself and people all the time are like yeah. you could just hand that over to someone else yeah yeah you could. and in my head yeah I could yeah. <laughs> but a I love listening back to yeah. it and editing it because I feel like I get double as much benefit like yeah. I listen to you right now I sit yeah. here with you I listen to it again I edit it I feel like I get all I get to reap all the benefits yeah. all the times but i mean to get hours back in my week that i could be doing something else with what's the benefit i don't know i don't know but i think about it and it's it's just relinquishing control from something that you're so passionate about 100 and i think that that's the key factor there right is passion and i'm so passionate about training i'm so passionate about creating healthy lifestyles for people and i think that that's the biggest thing right it's it's like being able to appreciate that i don't want to appreciate that from some remote island somewhere on my laptop. I want to yeah. be in the mix with people and I want to I selfishly I get so much out of walking into a training mate studio and high-fiving people or getting to know new people or seeing people that have literally been there since the first couple of months we opened. Like we've got multiple members still at West Hollywood who have been there like well over a thousand classes were there when we started when there was like three and four people in a class and it was right. like it's just I don't know that to me just fills my heart with joy every single time I see them because they're genuine. It's, it's genuinely like a family and being a foreigner in a different country, friends become family very quickly. Yeah. And that's what training mate was for me. Like I, when I first moved here, I was desperate for a place like training mate. So I basically just created something that I thought that I needed. Right. And hence, with the success it's come that other people need that too we need a sense of belonging we need a place where we feel is a home we need a safe place too and that's why i continue to push the positivity and continue to push that it is a place for everyone whether you're an olympic athlete or a first timer yeah it is a place that everyone can come to because i think that that was missing in the fitness industry what do you do to chill out my daughter yeah who got my energy so she's always going 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 She's three and a half now. So, and it's just, I think for the first time, I've like, my wife's great. My wife knows me better than anyone in the world. So knowing where you can push, where you can't, where you've got to delegate a little bit. And that's still to this day, really, really hard for me, but not getting so immersed into the behind the scenes stuff and knowing my values, knowing what I stand for. And I think that that's been a, a huge, like, Training mate's been a growth as a company, but it's also been a growth for me as a person. Yeah. Understanding the values of being a mate, understanding integrity, understanding doing the right thing no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really big thing. As a company, I'm in force that we do that. Yeah. And as a person, I make sure that I absolutely do that. Every day you wake up, stick, stick to your values, do the right thing, do just stick to your integrity and everything works out. There's going to be people that come along that don't have the same values. That's absolutely okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's on them. It's not a, you can't bring that into your own life. But it's it's been a real, yeah, real lesson and evolution for me as well. Just living 
a personal training mate and you know yeah. a company that's so fixed on values integrity and family that's what's become me so I know I speak in circles, but going back to my daughter and my wife, that's how I really sort of not switch off, but deviate from training mate, training mate, training mate. It's like, oh my God, I'm in love with my wife and I love our life. And my daughter is just the biggest joy there ever is. And challenging being a parent. There's, you know, like learning that, you know, you're not perfect at that as well. So you got to learn those things. But I think just learning along the way and evolving, that's what drives me to wake up tomorrow. I also would think that, you're talking about everyone kind of having an opinion on what you're doing and coming back to why you started in the first place. I'm sure when you did the whole revenge body thing, you yeah. probably got a lot of feedback, obviously a lot of it that was unwarranted and just came out yeah. of left field. Look, my philosophy is really different than a lot of people. It's not the norm. Um, and I don't apologize for that. I do believe you can have fun and get fit. I don't believe you can you burn more calories because you're trained as a douchebag. You know, yeah. you, there's no there's no science that has told me that you have to yell and scream at someone to get them results. And training, mate, and my own philosophy and my one-on-one clients as well is not that yelling and screaming, breaking people down, making them feel like they aren't good enough at something to try and be good at something. It just doesn't make sense to me. So I will tell terrible jokes. <laughs> I will... I will dance around the speed i'll do the things <laughs> unexpected unexpected thing yeah. that you're just gonna throw into the mix on instagram you'll see all about that but it's just like you gotta have fun i was as i said i was a professional athlete in arguably one of the toughest sports in the world it's not eating raw meat and yelling and screaming at each other it's having fun as a team being there for the wins being there for the losses a mate to me is Good, bad, and otherwise. And that's what loyalty is about and that's what integrity is about. And that's what training mate's all about. Training mate is giving someone a bum slap and telling them that they did a great job and fantastic or encouraging someone that wants to go to the Olympics. Or we have professional athletes all the time from the Dodgers or NBA players or NFL guys come in and they will get just as good of a workout as the guy or girl that got off the couch and go, yeah, I'm going to start a new fitness campaign this year. It's all, it's for everyone, but it's absolutely staying true to having fun yeah. and consistency. I've got to ask you, are you ever starstruck? Like, has anyone ever walked through your doors and you're like, holy... Jesus. You know, I've been really lucky, Em, because that's obviously been a foreigner, right? Like, yeah. coming into Hollywood and it's like, it's just a place where inevitably you're going to end up, if you're good at what you do, you're going to train celebrities. I'm very fortunate to train a lot of celebrities now. I get, I, I get, ab- I absolutely respect actors and entertainment people who have got a profile. I just respect that they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. I think I get a bit more starstruck from big business guys or big executives. Um, I think that because I, I really believe in that's where my passions lie now. Yeah. It lies with that and providing and building companies and building cultures, building movements. I had Julie Rice from SoulCycle come into one of my classes. I think that's that's about as nervous as I've been in a class. And we've had, you know, I have a lot of Hollywood A-listers come in that I respect. But I remember when Julie came in, I was like, I started stuttering. I'm like, Luke, pull it together. <laughs> You've done this a million times. Um, and we had a full class. It was amazing. It was great. And she's such a sweetheart. But that was that was the most starstruck I've been because I'm a huge fan of the brand of SoulCycle. I'm yeah. a huge fan of what Elizabeth and Julie did with that company. And I think that they are responsible for creating a group fitness movement mm-hmm. and the one that we see today. And I think that we're all benefactors of the vision that they had. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. You obviously look to Julie as a role model. Who yeah. else are people that inspire you on your day to day? Yeah. Uh, 
my dad, just from the hard work that he did, you know, he, he was a cop growing up, but would always make sure that we never went without. He would work nights. He would work early mornings. He would go and do all sorts of things to make sure that, that his family never went without. So that is a huge inspiration for me to be that guy mm-hmm. uh, and to really make sure my family and greater family of training, mate, have the best of whatever we can provide. Yeah. My father-in-law was a totally different type of mentor. My father-in-law was really well-respected orthopedic surgeon, you know, out of New York, you know, out of, from Baltimore, practicing in Buffalo. He exposed me to some of the nicer things in life, like dressing well and speaking well and education and all of that. In Australia, believe it or not, we don't put a whole heap of, <laughs> of, uh, of, of, of mints on, on education. So like continuing to read and continuing to go back to school and learning all that sort of stuff, Ken was really instrumental in my life for that my wife's a huge inspiration for me every day just seeing she comes from a very different uh set of values than i did right so for me it was always about sport Mm -hmm. i had to play sport i had to achieve in sport we had to win and it was win or lose she went down the she went to georgetown she's insanely smart she Mm -hmm. just does she's just good at everything she puts her mind to she's very organized she's got great leadership she's all the things that i would like to be and so she inspires me every day and she just puts my crazy big picture ideas into step-by-step processes to be able to achieve. And she's had a huge influence on training, mate, and how we've been able to expand and the organization behind it. And so they're the people that really inspire me. And then I look to business leaders all the time. Richard Branson, my gosh, I think he's the only person in the world I'd leave my wife for. (laughs) He's just just a rock star, you know. And he proves a million times over, or a billion times over, that, you don't need to you don't need to be the smartest guy in the room right he's focused on customer service and does customer service better than anyone else in the world the virgin brands is insane and from being the underdog and from being the quote yeah quote unquote small guy he's the biggest you know and, and, right. and they've just created this amazing movement that values staff I actually looked at one of these uh, quotes the other day and it was like Everyone says that the customer's always right, and it's not that way at all. It is look after your staff and provide them with the best environment they can be, or something like this, don't quote me. Um, look after your staff, make sure that they're in an environment where they can be the best they can be, and the clients will always be looked after. And I think that that's so true. Creating that family, having that family that can then put on to other people, clients, customers, whatever it may be, the best part, then I think that that's a really good thing, really good way to, to run a company. Totally. Okay, so we're winding down here. Yeah. What I want to know from you is if you look back on the past, how long has it been now? Six and a half years. Of training me. <laughs> yeah. Have there been any big missteps that have actually ended up teaching you a really great lesson? Yeah, huge. Uh do your homework on people before you <laughs> invite them into your business. Know, know your values. Yeah. Know you, that's the biggest one. And anyone that's going to be in your business, make sure they share the same values. The biggest mistake I did was I let someone into the business who didn't share the same values. And fantastically, I've learned from that. And training, mate, is what it is because the values we have. I think that's really a good lesson though for like life as a whole and the people that we surround ourselves with. Right. Because I think sometimes you could be really excited to meet someone and then you get to know them and it's okay. If not, everyone is your person. Exactly. And and it's, and it's okay 
that not everyone shares your philosophy on life. Right. It's there's going to be people that do trust the process. If you're if you wake up every day and you say, I want this to be positive, I want this to be active, I want to leave the world a better place, then you're good. Follow your heart with that. And and that's the thing. So it's still just my wife and I that are in training, mate. And I it's it's a good place to be at. You know, we're gonna expand and we're gonna build it all out. But it's going to be with people that share our values and share our vision for what Training Mate is. Definitely, definitely. Okay, the last question. Yeah, hit me. You have an opportunity right now to offer the Luke who just got in his car accident yeah. uh, and is reevaluating his entire life and instantly thinking about buying a ring and spending all this money and moving to the United States. You have an opportunity to give him a little bit of advice. Yeah. What do you tell him looking back on it now? Don't take life so seriously and it's all going to work out just fine. It's all going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. I love it. Luke, thanks so much for hanging <laughs> thanks, out with Andy. me today. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Please take a moment to leave a quick review by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Where do they find you? Where do they find training mate? Give me the lowdown. So if you want to burn your eyeballs, I'm on Instagram at Milts1, M-I-L-T-S-1. You can find me on Revenge Body, Training People with Chloe, and also TrainingMate, TrainingMate.com. Wow, that was really well done. (laughs) I am at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 